when we talk about soul ties and how you break them, how you recognize if you're in a soul tie, how soul ties can be so much more than what you think. It's not just physical. It's not just about um, the intimacy that you share with someone. It can be mental, emotional. It can be so many ways that you are trapped or feeling stuck or burdened under a soul tie that maybe you just need to get, get free from. done with the preliminary because i want to get into the soul tie. we're done with the preliminary we can go on and get started we can go how you want to do this thing you want, want me to ask questions what you want to go in that mindful meditation is so bigger than a church service or a worship service it is literally group therapy and i didn't realize it fully until we did the soul ties and i got I'm, i have chills just thinking about it is because when when i when i was given the, the revelation on that Monday, I just thought I was going to be, it was going to be a normal week, right? Like a normal week, we do Monday, we do wellness Wednesday. But then when I got into it and realized that there were, there were things in people's hearts that needed to be released before they could ever walk fully into their destiny. Yes. And the father gave me a scripture out of Corinthians. And it was, it was being tied to the prostitute. Remember, I wrote it down because I wanted to remember. Do you remember that? What about my notes up in here? Because, you know, I, I wrote notes. The girl has so many pages. I got it. First Corinthians. I wanted to bring this up. First Corinthians 16 and 6. Okay. Do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? But he mm. says the two shall become one flesh. Mm. And when I gave that, right, it got like eerily silent. And even though most everybody mostly is on social media, you can feel the uncomfortableness in that mm-hmm. because everybody's like, oh, so I'm tying my body to a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we have people because, you know, we stream live from our virtual tabernacle on our mm-hmm. website. And, um, and so we have people that join us specifically on our, on our, in our virtual tabernacle on our website and I can see their faces and I can hear their voices. And I remember looking at one of them and their, they, their heads, their head went down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this hit a hard place. Mm-hmm. The father mm-hmm. said, now you got to untie them from the prostitutes. Oh. And so I have a mentorship that, that's specifically for um, soul ties, loosing mm-hmm. the ties of soul ties. And so when I got done with the teaching on Monday, the father said, this is going to be your focus for the week. And you got to walk them through unyoking themselves and untangling themselves from the yoke of soul ties. Mm. And I was like, father, like, that is like mentorship work, like one-on-one. Like we, we, I do that with people like, like how I'm talking to you. Like we don't do this like as a group. And he said, no, but this, you got to do it as a group. So they'll know that they're not in this alone. They're not the only ones dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And so that includes single women. And most of the time we think about single people and soul ties. We don't mm-hmm. think about married people with soul ties, right? We don't think about older people, your grandmama, your granddaddy, your mamas with soul mm-hmm. ties, right? We right. just think we, we make it all about the single people, right? Mm-hmm. And it's all of us. And so you remember in the teaching, I said, married folks, just for you too, just because yes. you said just because you said I do don't mean that you didn't take no baggage. And then then I just so happened to have this bag side me, right? <laughs> and I unpacked that bag. And Trey, you can feel the spirit of God 
in this place. You could. You, it was the most, was I, so I told powerful. that that had to be the greatest teaching I have ever done. It was, it was powerful. It was powerful. And so when you asked me to come on to do this, you know, I really don't like to do any of these stuff. Like I do it, but you know, <laughs> right. I'm so like, I just want to get out where it go home. <laughs> right. I'm a real Joan. I'm a Joan for real. Right. <laughs> but when you asked me to do this, the father said, that her show reaches people that you can't reach. And so you, you know, they're not going to come in the sanctuary and do this thing, right? And so you got to plant this seed in her, in her viewer's soul. That's mm-hmm. why, because mm-hmm. I want to plant this seed in the souls of the souls that have been dealing with bondage in relationships that it seems like they can't let go. And they've done everything they know humanly possible mm-hmm. to get rid of this relationship that they know is dragging them, killing them, dogging them, beating them, robbing them, <laughs> stealing yeah. Stealing right? joy, stealing pure joy. Pure joy. Yes. And yes. so that's why I'm here today. I want to be able to plant the seed in the, in the purest soul to let them know that this is so beyond. Like you cannot get rid of this thing without the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God. Mm-hmm. it's impossible. You will be entangled in this for the rest of your life. Yeah. And the divorce is mm-hmm. not going to untangle. You from it. That's right. Come Tay, on, Trey. Tay, I know. I know <laughs> firsthand because I had to get untangled after my divorce. See? That's when God had called me to the, to the corner and said, hey, Come on here. We're going to sit down. You're going to cry through this and we're going to untangle you because it was soul ties that had to be broken. And I didn't and I didn't realize it at first, but he specifically said to me in my heart, just these are soul ties. I got to break them. And it ain't just your husband. Come on, Trey. Come on. He told me it ain't. And it wasn't. Right. My ex-husband. I had ties that I didn't even realize until he broke me down to a buck private. That's what my grandma used to say. But buck, <laughs> buck private, baby, stripped me down bare so that true. I could see. And, it, and that's hard work. That And it took took a very long time. And, and a lot of times you don't want to see that you subjected yourself to that. Like, how did I put myself in this? How did I, how did I say yes to this? Why did I say yes to this? <laughs> right, right. Was I, did I have good sense when I said this? I asked myself, I'm telling what was you? (laughs) And so that's what happened. That's what happened. And you know, I took you through steps. Like it was, we, you know, like Monday, it was just, okay, we just going to come in agreement with what God got to do this week. Remember, it was just a simple agreement. I had to walk you through like, we going to agree to agree with God. Then we were ready for this. That's right. then the next day we had to we had to unpack the bags. Remember? Yeah. We unpacked the bags and we talked about you know the different types of spirits that we tied mm-hmm. ourselves to. The heartbreak, the yeah. memory maker, the control. Yeah. yeah, look, look, I got my notes. You keep saying babe. I was writing like a mad woman because this was it was so good. It was so Good. I mean, you just you the gaslighting and the narcissist. I'm gonna let you go. I ain't gonna get ahead of you. 
Okay, you I'm go ahead. You go with your questions. You go with your questions. I'm just going to start with the questions because okay. that, ooh, okay. So, so the first question is, and then and, and we, we already talked about this a little bit about how we end up caught up in these soul ties with people anyway. And it's not just women, it's men, it's everybody. Um, but the first question is, we often live in postures of brokenness after a failed or even our existing relationships. And when you talk about soul ties and how they often play a role in that broken place, can you talk to us about that when you when you have that soul tie? Because we've gotten into it a little bit, but what well, would you say to that person? Well, see, I always start from the beginning. Like I said, this is a mentorship that I go that I that I um, have some of my mentees or men, uh, go through uh, people that I'm encouraging. And where I start with soul tie, people think you automatically start at the relationship, but I start at the family, the family dysfunction. Okay. Okay. This is where I start. Mm-hmm. I started the family dysfunction because most of us, especially black folks, we got some kind of trauma in our bloodline. Yeah. Yeah. We do. And so the trauma opens a wound, right? And so we don't spend time tending to the wound. We spend time surviving. Oh, you said a word. Right. And so most of the times that we hear psychologists and people help self-help people say this is that we, our minds and our, and our spirits stop growing at that place of trauma. Right. We've heard people say that. So if it was eight or nine years old, we stay at that place of uh, eight or nine or 10 year old that was molested, that was beat, that was abandoned, that was rejected. All of those things. And so we don't mature. We mature physically, but we don't mature emotionally, mentally and and, um, spiritually. And so what happens is that when we enter a relationship, we're looking for that person to feel what that eight, that nine, that 10, 11, that 12 year old was missing. Mm. So if you were that little nine-year-old that was molested or raped, right? You didn't feel protected as a child, right? You didn't feel like you had anybody that was concerned about your welfare. So you get in a relationship with somebody that is overprotective because you really have no sense of what protection really truly is, right? So you go in and you, you overcompensate, looking for that in somebody else, right? Right, right? That's why abuse looks like protection to you because that is what you experience, abuse. And then they're saying, I love you. I'm always going to be here for you. And so they're filling that void, right? Mm-hmm. Filling that emptiness. They're filling that place. But you a little broken little child. That's all you are. You're a little mm-hmm. broken child. So we start at the place of the dysfunction. That's why I start and mm-hmm. a lot of times, a lot of people don't get past that place because they don't like to recall that stuff. I'm grown now. I don't, I don't need, I don't need to go back to that place. <laughs> you know how they do it. I don't right. need to go back to that place. At all. But for true healing to take place, you got to go to the place that the trauma, the wound happened. Mm. Acknowledge it. And then do the works to fill it with God's love, God's protection, whatever it is that you're missing. So the Bible says very clearly that we are knitted together. We're knitted together, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you're with that person, you're you're knitted with them, and it, it could be good, it could be bad, right? Right, right. So the knitting, when you're in a healthy relationship, 
It grows you. It makes, you know, it, it encourages you. It strengthens you. But if you're in a knitting together with somebody, first of all, they broken too. And you broke. There you go. You got two broken individuals trying to have a healthy relationship. And all you're doing is perpetuating the pathology of dysfunction in her. But this is the thing. Because you're knitted together. And this is what we don't really like to talk about. Because right now we're so free with having sex. Mm -hmm. Is that when the father created the union of marriage, he put in this little, little caveat, this little clause that we're going to consummate this thing, right? Mm. <laughs> Have us a little sex, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And so we come together and our blood or our semen or our bodily fluids intermingle, connect with one another, but we're not thinking that on a physical level, on a physical level, our DNA is entangling with each other. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just look at what we have to make up. We have a makeup. And remember, I talked about the DNA and the helix and the twisted helix. And remember all that. If y'all missed it, come on into my meditation. We're y'all, just getting going on. But get in there. <laughs> y'all got to get in there and get this good. You got to get in. So <laughs> we are entangled. And everybody laughed about Jada. Everybody mm-hmm. laughed about Jada when she talked about when she talked about the entanglement. But the entanglement is really a physical concept in the earth. In 1935, Albert Einstein wrote a paper. And you, I didn't say this when I was on, but the father gave me this and he reminded me to say this to your viewers. Mm -hmm. That Albert Einstein wrote a paper in 1935. It was a research theory in it called the quantum entanglement. Quantum entanglement. Uh It was a physics theory that talked about the entanglement of electrons and particles mm-hmm. that under a microscope, because you know we're made up of electronic particles, particles and molecules, right? Our DNA, our, our makeup, our physical makeup. Mm-hmm. Well, under a microscope, when these, these particles and molecules and all these things were together, they entangled one another. So when they tried to separate them, they still had a memory of the other particle and the other, of that other molecule DNA. So under the microscope, you can see them replicating and duplicating each other's makeup Mm. under a microscope. Right. So scientifically entangled. Scientifically entangled. Mm. So when we come together, and you think I'm just going to have me some good old sex, right? (laughs) I'm going to sit and have me and get get turned out. I'm going to let them work me over. I'm going to let her Right? You don't understand that there is an entanglement that is happening on a cellular level. Mm-hmm. That's right. So when you are trying and see, people don't talk, we don't talk about this in church. We make it very spiritual, right? Right. We, we make it really, and people are like, whatever, that don't, I know I can. But how do you separate molecules and DNA and electrons? How do you separate them? Right. How do you do that? In the physical, how do you do that? How do you? Can you? Can you? You can't do it in the physical. Mm-hmm. The only person that is able to separate that is the spirit of God who created you. That's right. So on a cellular level, you have learned them. You know them. 
Mm. And now your body yearns for them. Mm. Your makeup desires them. That's why you can't let them go. Mm-hmm. So when the old folks was telling us, don't be laying down, girl, we just don't anybody because you're going to carry their spirit. You also carry mm. carrying a physical entanglement mm. on a phys- physics level. Is that not crazy? Girl, that's so deep. <laughs> that, and then people always wonder why they can't, why they got to take the call. We got to answer the text. Yeah. I got, I got to see them. I got to call. Or you say, I ain't going to call them. And then next thing you know, you're on the phone. They call it quantum entanglement. Because you've already, it's like somebody put their fingerprints on you. That's exactly what it is. That's mm. exactly what it is. And so when you go to God and you're like, I don't know how, I don't know. I don't want to be in this. Somewhere. I don't want to, I don't want to. And he's like, well, you got to, you're going you to have to do some work. And he's like, well, what work I done done? I blocked that number. That ain't <laughs> Because your mind going to yearn for them. Mm-hmm. Your physical makeup is going to yearn for them. Mm-hmm. Because you are one with them. This was designed for marriage. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, so listen. So let's 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 just take it because in marriage, you don't get married. You don't let them all the time. No, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't. Because <laughs> sometimes you be wondering, like, uh, can you go? You got a lease somewhere you can go get on. Because you It's some work, honey. It is. You know. And somebody want me to go to. He probably was like, you know what? I know Montezuma want me to go. <laughs> so some days you look at them and you literally could take a fork and, and stick them in the eye. Like you'd be like, oh, if you chew that cereal one more time, like that. If I hear you breathe like that again, <laughs> one more time. <laughs> but then something kicks in when you really truly have that relationship with them, right? You'd be like. You know I love you. You know I right. That's that quantum entanglement because you all are one on a cellular, physical level, right? Right. So now the Father has given you this thing that keeps y'all tied, whether you feel like it or not. Right. Because we have become so free with our sex life, right? Yeah. You know, come get on, you, get your, get it. <laughs> you entangled with several people. Mm-hmm. And it feels like you're crazy. And you're taking on, because they sit under the microscope, you can see the, the molecules like, like really mirroring each other. They said it was spooky when you looked at it. Oh my goodness. Isn't that something? So you begin to mirror that person. You begin to take on their characteristics. You begin mm. to take on their attitudes. Come on, this is this is not good teaching. This is not good teaching. It's good, girl. Go on, put it down. This is great teaching. Yes. So then you fit. So now what was meant for marriage, you have put it in this unholy, uncovenant relationship that has no promise of going asunder, right? Because marriage says that no man put asunder, let no man, un- okay. But That's you right. didn't do this before God. You didn't make this before God. So no. now you open a doorway for the enemy to come in and take your brokenness which mm-hmm. you attach to this person 
that you are not in covenant with mm. for your life. My goodness. Can I answer the question? <laughs> you did. You yes, you did answer the question. <laughs> that that's how soul ties happen, y'all. First of all, it's scientific, but yes, you answered the question. And, and let's, I'm just going to go on to right to the next one. Are all soul ties created equal or are there different types that we deal with? No. So there are, we talked about the physical, we talked, mm -hmm. to, but there is a moral soul tie. So you hear people talk about, and we see it all the time on TV, uh, for my man on TV one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They come in, you get tied up into see trailing. <laughs> I just thought about it. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you're wondering how these folks get caught up <laughs> doing this stuff. Right. Right. So they take the physical aspect, the physics of the, you know, mm -hmm. and now you're marrying the person. And if they're operating operating in an immorality, you begin to operate in an immorality. People mm -hmm. can't explain it. She was never that kind of girl. She never did that kind of stuff. We didn't grow up like that. We weren't taught that. Mm -hmm. Your parents don't even know. They're like, oh, that doesn't even sound like that's nothing. <laughs> right. Okay. Would never go go drive by with a gun out and out the window and then <laughs> go drive the car and throw the gun away in the woods. Right. right in front of the police, right? <laughs> so now you got a mental stole side too, because now they're in your head. Because mm. then they done told you, well, take this gun and you ain't never shot no gun. You ain't never done nothing foolish like this. Right. It seemed like you done lost your mind. Mm -hmm. So you have a mental soul tie. Now they're controlling you. Mm. And then you have a spiritual. But now you feel like they are part of you. They're part of you. So I can't live without you. Oh, I feel so empty. Oh, but I'm not with them. If y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. We have the physical, the mental, the moral, and the spiritual ties. Oh, oh my God. We need to talk about these things. Because if you look at it, there you see all of it in these girls when we see them on For Your Man, that they have a spiritual, a moral, and a mental, and a physical tie on them, and they destroy them. I just want everybody to really hear what I'm saying. Now, I'll come here with a point. They destroy them. And this is what I tell all of my young folks that I mentor, is that the enemy has used relationships to mm. destroy people. Mm. Mm. Relationships. Intimate relationships to destroy us. Mm. He ain't getting no gun. He ain't getting no life. No. No. Is he? No. No need to. Don't need to. He comes dressed like what we think we want, right? Dressed like what we're missing. We have daddy issues. We have mama issues. We have abandonment issues. We have rejection issues. We have incest issues. We have rape issues. We have all these issues of our hearts, and they show up like they want to help us with our issues. Mm -hmm. And they tie themselves to us and they yoke themselves to us. And they destroy us if it's not ordained and willed by God. Mm. Woo. Okay. So how does someone recognize if they have a soul tie? Because I shared earlier when I, after I got my divorce, I realized as God was working on my heartstrings as to, because I had to go to him like, okay, well, what did I do wrong or where, where it fixed me? I was basically like, God fixed me because 
they, I, I want you to heal me and get me beyond this. And I saw, and it was revealed to me, a soul tie from way back when that I didn't even know was living in my head that what? gave me this idea of what I thought a perfect life would be, which wow. never would have been. It was nothing. It was all a lie. But that was sitting in the, it was resting in me. And mm -hmm. I had to be released from that. Like, that's not even what life is. That's not what I have. That's not what marriage is. That's not what love is. So there were, there were multiple soul ties when you're in that. So how does someone even recognize, or if they are, if they are married or in a relationship, how do they know that there may be a soul tie? So one of the first things you look at is you look at the level of emotional and spiritual connection you have with that person. And you look to see if the commitments match. Mm. Okay. Right? Hey, right, right. That's real simple. That is sounds so easy. <laughs> <laughs> because if you think about it, we walk around in relationships with blindness. Mm. We get early signs, right? That we're giving more than what they're giving us, right? Mm -hmm. But we explain it away or we operate in cognitive dissonance. Well, you know, I work a little more than they do. So I have a little bit more money than they do, right? So I, I you know, so I can show up a little better than they can. Mm. But they got potential. And we'll be all right now. Somebody say teach Holy Spirit. Teach Holy Spirit, go on and tell the truth and shame right. the devil. So we look to see if their emotional and spiritual connection and, and, and I just want to talk to Black black women. We want to save everybody. Mm. Everybody. Mm. We get in relationships. They don't even really have to show up with much of nothing because we look at people and we see like we can fix them. We can make them better. We can do, but we never see how that burdens us. Right. Right? Yes. So yeah. it, okay. So I'm not Florence Nightingale in a boyfriend and girlfriend relationship. I'm Florence Nightingale at the hospital at my job. Right. Why am I in a relationship that is supposed to be undergirding me, supporting me, elevating me, nurturing me? Why do I feel like I gotta be in here being the what did what did John Gray wife say about being the coat in his coat and all that? Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, where, where where they do that? Yeah. Where they do that? Because <laughs> the Bible says very clearly he is supposed to provide. He is supposed to uncleave himself from his family and cleave himself to me and be mm -hmm. my protector, be my, am I not teaching? So why mm -hmm. I got to be his coat? I'm not supposed mm -hmm. to be his coat. No, no, ma'am. That nope. Mm -mm. So we come in with low expectations and we justify it. Mm -hmm. Why we justify it? Why are we why are we in this? And we know it's we pouring a gallon and they pouring 16 ounces. Mm. All the time. All the time. Mm. Then you don't know how to set healthy boundaries. Okay, then. Let me well, get my out. <laughs> Let me take some notes. Right. Right. Oh, that's so important. Because, see, what happens is when you don't have those boundaries, then you end up going for my man. <laughs> Girl, I, I mean, 
on TV. Don't nobody know how you got there. They didn't talk to the pastor, your mama, your high school teacher, your band coach, your everybody. She didn't have healthy boundaries. Oh, okay. so, let's go back to the family. Was she ever taught healthy boundaries? Mm, right. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have an issue moving on. Like when you say, I'm done with this. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of hurting my feelings. I'm tired of you disrespecting me. I'm tired of finding you in bed with other women. I'm tired mm-hmm. of finding numbers in your phone. You know how we do. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm, and, and I'm done. Here your mm-hmm. stuff. Don't come back here no more. Call Tyrone. Come get you. Come get you. Right. Come get you. Tyrone, come get you. Mm-hmm. And then you in there and them babies hollering, screaming. Mm. And you just need a relief. So you call Tyrone to go pick him up and bring him back. <laughs> Try <laughs> you today. Hold on. You on the phone. Tyrone, listen. <laughs> Go swing by. You calling him back. Calling him back. You struggle to let go of what you know not good for you. Am I getting some good signs? Yes, yes. You ignore the negative things that they do to you. And, you, and this is the thing, because we all got people in our lives that be like, Girl, why is you? Dude, why you still messing with her? You know you got them friends. And you you just, you literally were like, you know, they ain't that bad. They working on it. <laughs> they trying. All us got situations. All yeah. us got situations. I'm just trying to be patient. The Lord teaching me to be patient. We'll throw the Lord in there. We'll, we'll get we put it on Jesus. We put it on Jesus. You put it on Jesus. Right. And Jesus has said very clearly, end all communication. Mm-hmm. This was not good when you got in it. You knew it. My grace has covered you and protected you. Right. I have, I have, I have journeyed this road with you. I have never taken my hands off you. Because if I did, you would have been dead by now. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's right. He having these real serious conversations with you, and you still entangled. That's how you know you're in an unhealthy soul. Mm, my goodness. All right. Let's let's go on to the next question. <laughs> um, and I think you've already hit on this, so you might not even have to go into this a lot, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Are soul ties always painful or can some of them mask themselves in other emotions or other feelings? Oh, yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of like we get used to the pathology or we get used to the cycle. We get used to the negativity and it's no longer painful. Now we are numb to it. And now we just live it. And so when you have become numb to the pain, it becomes your it becomes your normal. And the norm normalcy of it is crazy to everybody else outside of you. But you don't see the craziness. You don't see the chaos. You don't see those things. And so it masks itself in your definition of what a happy relationship is or what a healthy relationship is, right? So it masks itself in that. And that has that's a heart issue. That's a heart. 
let's go back, goes back to the place of trauma, to the place of hurt, in the place of pain that you've conditioned yourself to live in pain, to mm. live in pain and to make it normal. That is mm. dangerous. Now that's the dangerous part because what happens, because that's this is what we see. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This is what we see with domestic violence victims, mm. that they have made being hit on and beat on normal. Think about it. Can you hear me, Chai? Yes. We made it normal. So think about it. Every domestic violence victim that you know or you've encountered always says, well, you know, he just had a bad day. But, we, you know, he really loves me. He loves me. Like, he yeah. apologizes and he comes with gifts. And, yeah, and you fresh. And you be sitting there like... Hard. And you, you sitting there like, sis. You see it as love. But it's pain. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And so that is the dangerous, that's the very dangerous part when it comes down to domestic violence victims. Mm-hmm. Is because most of the time they don't see it until it's death mm. or near death. Right. And then what happens is when it's death, then those children that are left behind are left to deal with the pain of that victim saying, This is normal. I, you know, I'm not leaving this. I love him. He loves me or she loves me. Mm-hmm. And then that is passed down to the children. Generational. Yep. From generation. Yeah. And we equate pain, sorrow with hitting, beating, breaking. Mm-hmm. Now, now it's really bad. Now. It's really, you know, it's really on another level. So I'm glad that's one reason why that was one reason why I said I really wanted to do this is that I hope that every woman or any man that is in a relationship and you know that they are physically abusing you and you see that as love. That is not love. That's not that's not a connection. That is not a spiritual connection. That is not God's plan for you. And you have to deal with the tie. You got to deal with the emotion of why you see pain as love. Oh, Ooh, that's heavy. Ooh. That's a heavy, that's a heavy yeah. spot. Yeah, I know. I, that's, that's what I thought of when I was sitting here. I was like, I really want to speak to that domestic violence person, that person that's experiencing that type of abuse. Because we really don't address it in church. We kind of gloss it over or we, we say, well, she should just leave him or he should just leave them, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not that easy. No. Mm-mm. Especially, like you say, once you have that DNA mix, you already have the trauma and you may have some children and may may feel like you can't make it without them. It's financial reasons that you uh-huh. want to they keep your children in a, there's so they many live Yeah. yeah. So many different things. And so that's, I believe people who have been um, victimized in that way, that they have to really reach in a place in their souls to break the tie that keeps them in that dangerous relationship. Mm. So I hope you put up some information on, on where to put up. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, we're gonna drop all all of this. Yes. We're gonna drop it on there and do our editing and make sure y'all can come and get it because 
I, I think that's I think that takes us to our question. This is a this is the next question is a heavy one. How do you break a soul tie? Oh Lord. And this is this is, you know, like I said, we did we did it in the um in our mindful meditation. Remember, I said that we we had to first come into agreement with God about his divine plan for our lives. So this takes an um an unloosing of the bind, it takes an unyoking of the of the yoke. It takes an unjoining of that ungodly tie. Like you really have to release yourself from the flesh. Mm. Okay. And we don't really talk about it. Cause you, you know, in those marriage vows, it says you all become one flesh, right. flesh in my flesh and bone in my bone. Right. And so we don't really realize that even though we may have not made the covenant vow in front of people in, you know, God and man, that we made a fleshly vow. And so once we become in agreement with God's plan, meaning that I'm going back to the place that you first created. That's really what you're saying. Mm. Take, I'm going back to who you created me to be at the foundation of the earth. And I'm coming to agreement with your plan. That's why Monday was heavy for us, that, that Monday. Yes. Yeah. Because at this point, you're saying, first, I'm recognizing I was out of order. Yeah. <laughs> right? I was wrong. Because this, yeah, because these relationships were not in your will. Right. I got out of your will. I got out of agreement. And I did what I wanted to do. Remember, we, we literally repented. We literally. I had you all right now, remember? I had, when I went through, we identified the spirit. <laughs> Oh, did. <laughs> and to identify the spirits and then the names. And sometimes we don't want to recall the name. Like, you know, my friends and I, we got a little running joke. If we don't say their name, then they ain't on the list. <laughs> right. Everybody got one. Don't, don't speak their name. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> right. So we we have selective memory. We only want to remember what we want to remember. Right? So we had to say, God, you know what? We ain't gonna play that with you. We play that with you. Right. So we we gonna call their names today. You know, it was heavy. It got heavy. So what I was, you know, I and this is something, and I don't advise people to do this by themselves. To find someone that is that has some wisdom and some knowledge and some understanding, and that ain't everybody in this day and age. Okay. That's right. <laughs> But somebody who knows how to journey this with you and they are covered and protected and have been healed themselves. So they're not bleeding on you while they're they trying to heal you. Okay. Right. <laughs> Let's just get at it. <laughs> like the walking wounded. You don't need somebody who wounded. They, they leg broke and your arm broke. That ain't going to work. <laughs> you know now, Girl, you want to yoke yourself from there and then they like. <laughs> no, ma'am. They got to be walking upright and righteous and holy. Come on. So you come in agreement with God's plan and you, you do the confession. Remember, we talked about the confession, confessing our sins before God. This is untangling ourselves. Be not entangled. So we are now saying, I'm confessing that I was entangled, that I made this decision to be in this relationship. And I did some unholy, unrighteous things while I was in it. Mm -hmm. then we repent. Father, turn me back to you. 
I want to turn from the things that I did in that relationship, what I did in that relationship. I got tied up in that relationship. I repent. I'm sorry. Remember we did that. Remember we opened our mouths and said, we're sorry, Lord. Yes. Yes. There must be a sincere repentance of the heart. If you're not really, really ready to repent, don't go through this exercise. No. God, he reads the hearts of men. He knows when you're being serious or not and being sincere and humble before him. Mm-hmm. And then we had to release. Remember, Chuck, we released. Yes. And not only did we release like their names and the things that, you know, we did with them out of our minds and all that stuff. But we released right. items. We yes. released contact information. Yes. We got rid of gifts. We got rid of who the things that reminded us of them. Okay. That's right. We, you talk about them old balloons. You see them, right. them balloons they sent that done deflated. Floating around your house. Oh no. Y'all know that I gave you them the balloons for the Valentine's Day. And you be like, when it when it deflates. <laughs> so we folded up real nice. What are we doing with this? Why we got it? Why? And we all done it. Them dried roses, we know sprayed potpourri on with and made a whole ba- a whole bathroom situation decoration around there. And every time you walk in there, you look at them flowers that they don't bought you when they was in love with you that in that moment, right? There you go. To release those items because they are spirits, there are memories attached to them, and they are a constant reminder of the unholy yoking, right? So then there must be a forgiveness that happens. Remember, Chai, we did that. There must be a forgiveness. We must first forgive ourselves because some of us feel guilty for being in some of these screwed up relationships. Like, right. Yes. And then and I, I want to make a point that it's just not always sexual. That sometimes it's, it's family relationships, it's friendships, it's, you know, those intimate relationships that you have with people that you don't have sex with, right? So some of us have been tied in those kind of relationships that destroyed us, right? So you got to forgive yourself because when you don't accept the for- that forgiveness, you're denying the power of the cross because the cross forgives us like we forgive people, right? Right. So we got to forgive ourselves from making those bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And then forgiving those people for doing those things to us, taking our hearts, abusing it, using it, and then leaving us bleeding on the side of the road. We have mm. to forgive. We have to forgive them. And then once we forgive them and ourselves, we renounce the soul type, meaning we reject it. We no longer are bound to it. We're saying, I'm get, I'm taking back my territory. And you no longer have possession of my heart. You no longer have possession of my soul. You no longer have possession of my good old. Right. There you go. Yeah, that's over. Let's, let's break it down. That's right. Yeah. Because some people think they own our good W-A-P. Okay? Mm-hmm. They do. Go on, church unusual. Go on, break, break it down. Come on, don't make me. Look, I don't know. I'm going to some people think they own it and they think that they can come and get it when they feel like it and they got to show up and they because they used to kind of show up with a little meal, a little two piece and a biscuit, but now they don't even show up with a two piece and a biscuit no more. They just what what you doing? What you yeah. W Y D on the What you doing? You got company, you want some that they they think they own it. And so you gotta renounce their possession of your good stuff. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Then once you renounce it, 
That's when you call forth the blessings of God upon you to bless the relationship that he has ordained for you at the beginning and the foundation of the earth because you got a horse because he had somebody designed specifically for you and you got tied up and tangled up with something that got you unfocused from seeing what God had ordained. And so now that you have released, come on, released oh, this yeah. and you renounced it, now you are open for the blessing that God brings in rich relationships that are filled with reciprocity. Mm. You don't hear anything I say today. Relationships are supposed to be filled with reciprocity. When you give, they give back to you. It may not be in the same measure, in the same means, but they're giving you something that mm. feeds you and nurtures you. This is what marriage is. Marriage is like, I just have seen my husband. My husband is my garden. I'm the flower. And when he comes into this garden, he comes and he nurtures this garden and this garden blooms. So let's just look at it as a sanctuary. I am the sanctuary. And when he comes into these doors, he worships this sanctuary. Right. That's right. And Come you on. feel that you recognize worship. Yes. You recognize nurturing. Yes. You don't have to look for it. You don't have to say, well, maybe that was mm-hmm. a little bit of work. Mm-mm. So you, ha- so when we have intercourse and he, enters me, he's worshiping me as his queen, as the place that he comes and finds joy. Right. And by, the time, by the time we finish, he like Neo. Hallelujah. He's saying, yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> you know we can cut up. You already know we can, we can cut up. <laughs> don't make me that. I don't tell him I'm a preacher unused. I'm a pastor unused. Yes, come on. Yes. He's saying hallelujah. Neo, listen, that's one of my listen. I make my husband say hallelujah. That's right. Because he has worship in this sanctuary. And what has happened is that we as women have allowed the thieves to come into our tabernacle mm. and steal the precious sacred items of God. Yes. Right. That he has ordained for someone else. That he's ordained for a king. Yes. With the with the the jesters. Yes, <laughs> the clowns, the straight clowns, right? <laughs> they just want to come in and desecrate the temple, but not honor it and not bring life to it and bring bring sacrifice. Yeah. Relationship about sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Want to sacrifice? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So when you see your vessel as a place that your partner can worship. It takes on a different meaning. It does. Don't yes, it does. It really does. And, and I'm speaking know. to the women now. They come to worship in us. We don't go to worship in them. They leave a deposit in us. So when they deposit all of these things through their semen in us, mm. come on, y'all. You got to think what they leave it. What generational things are they leaving mm. with their semen? Because see, the thing about us, no matter how much we wash afterwards, they still leave residue. It's always something. That's Come right. on, Trey. Come on, Trey. Always something left over. And you know what they do? What, what, what we leave on them, they take a rag and they wipe it off. Because mm. it's external. And they go on to somebody else. 
they do and and get them dirty but we have we have allowed them inside our in the sanctuary in our in our holy place come on woman of god come and, on and because we're we're internal and so now you're dwelling where god intended somebody else to dwell Come on. And now we can't cleanse. It's not enough other than God. It's not enough cleanser, ain't enough massingale, ain't enough summer's eve that you can buy to get that residue out of you. Because you've already told us that the DNA, they already left their fingerprints. Come on, woman. How you going to get them fingerprints off? How you going to get it off? How you going to get it off? So now you got to come under the authority of Jesus Christ. And with his cleansing blood, he comes in and he purifies. Purifies Purifies your birthing canal. Yeah. Because yeah. see, they deposit children with them. And then a lot of times they leave us in the midst of, and, and we, this is for the women now, because we know men, y'all got y'all issues. We want to talk to the women. Right. That's right. They leave these babies in us. And then go and do what they want to do in their lives. And while we're growing the seed in us, we're mad, we're angry, we're bitter, we, we, mm. feel, we feel rejected, we feel abandoned. And now the baby feeling all of that stuff. And now. And here come the baby born with issues that have been deposited on you, on them spiritually in their spirits. Come on, woman of God. You getting it tried. Come on. Yeah. And so now the tie that they have, because remember I said soul ties are just about relationships, right? I mean, about intimate sexual relationships. They come through personal bloodline, right? So now they have a twisted relationship now with the person who you made them with. Right. That's right. Is that not crazy? See how it, see? See how, so now their tie messed up. Yeah. Now you don't know why they're acting out, why they have emotional outbursts, why they're angry all the time. I don't know what's wrong with them. I give them everything they want. I do blah, 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 blah. They have everything they need. Yeah, but you know what else they got? They got that what you deposited from your soul and spirit into theirs before they even got you. Before they even got you. So now that tie is twisted. So you're dealing with your ties. You're dealing with the children ties. You're dealing with the your mama ties. Your, your daddy ties. <laughs> right. This is why we must be whole before we enter these relationships. Mm. Not, not perfect, but whole. That's right. Yes. Meaning I'm secure who I am. I'm not looking for you to complete me. I'm already completed in Christ. I'm not looking for you to make me happy because I, your, my happiness is not based on you. My happiness is based on what, who I am and who God created me and the experiences that he has created for me because happiness is external. And then I have an internal joy because I know who I am in God, in Christ. Amen. You know what I'm saying? So Amen. when it comes to you, I, I ain't looking for nothing. I don't need you to do anything for me and for my mental state and for my happiness. I'm already happy. I'm already happy. I'm already at peace. Already in shalom. So now we come together, we just, we whining. We is having us a good old time. (laughs) Thank you. We we coming in whole and whole. Whole and whole. Making a big old, big old peace that the Lord now can use as a ministry and a light into the world. But we negate all of this when moving our emotions and in our flesh and our brokenness. Mm. And the plan gets so screwed up. 
And this is the sad part about it. Some people die never, ever, ever finding wholeness in, in shalom, in relationships. Let that not be the listener today. Please don't. I, I, I pray whoever's listening, whoever's watching, if, if you know you're in this place, if you know you're in a soul tie or you just broken, you don't even know if it's a soul tie, but just something is hurting you and, and has you just discombobulated, just know, just not feeling yourself. Something ain't right. You just don't know what it is. You ain't really sad, you ain't really mad, you ain't really happy or glad. It's just a sum, some off. Yes. Y'all got to get to this sanctuary. <laughs> yes. Y'all got to come on in there. It's worth the wake up. It's worth Tell the wake up. It really is worth the wake up. I, I'm up. My 73 year old mama gets up. I mean, it's just it's something. It's 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 a powerful place to be, and yeah. a place of healing and a place of learning. Because that DNA that y'all got, that little tidbit about that quantum DNA situation. Educated. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, y'all just don't know. Y'all be around here school, and people will be like, "What in the where they been?" Oh, like what? Let me tell you that that changed me when I, because I when my marriage and I don't even think you know like I'm perfect, but I've done a lot of work on her, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna discount that. Right. But early in my marriage, my husband and I were constantly at each other's throats, constantly fighting and bickering and doing things, and I had to come to the place in of understanding that it wasn't always him, that it was a lot of it was me, and I needed to deal with Yolanda. And so when I realized I came with a lot of baggage because I, I was out there in them scrapes, honey, and I was, I was sleeping around and I was doing a lot of things. And then I had a vision of what my husband should be based on my dad. And I came in with all of these prerequisites of what he was supposed to be as a husband. And he didn't grow up in, with the same background as me. He had different life experiences and I had to accept him who God made him to be when I said I do. And I had to come to understanding that he is not going to change unless he sees me change. I had to come to that understanding that I was asking him to do something that I wasn't willing to do. And so I had to do the hard work. And it was hard looking at Yolanda in the mirror and saying, Yolanda, you look angry. Yolanda, you look controlling. Yolanda, you, you know, you, you run your mouth a lot. Sometimes you say too much, you know, and Yolanda, you were hurt at 19 by the love of your life. And you are incapable of putting all your eggs in one basket because you felt like I'm not going to ever let a man take me like that again. And you brought that in. I need to know about So I have my street. <laughs> that work. I had to do that work. And I'm glad I did that work because now I'm able to help young women, help women my age, put that mirror to their hearts so that they can get, because now my husband is my best friend. He looked at me the other day and was like, hey, best friend. I said, hey, best friend. Like now <laughs> we are best friends, but it took, we've been together since I was 21 and we've been married and I'm, and I'm 47. I used to, well, I'm 46. I'll be 47. But I'm not ashamed to say, I've known him all of my twin, well, yeah, all of my twenties and all of my thirties and now all of my forties. And I'm a different woman now. And he wants to be around me. I can't mm. say he wanted to do that when we first, we were first together because I was a lot. And now he enjoys my company 
But that took a lot of work. It took a lot of work. It wasn't overnight. It was not overnight. And so if you, and Trey can speak to this, if you're looking for a place that you can find real practical wisdom on how to be a better wife, mother, believer, sister, whatever it is, the sanctuary is your place of refuge to be made whole. Yes. Yes, it is. You said it then. Now, now tell us, I can put it up on the screen, but I still want you to tell us where can people find you? All right. So you can find honey. We we say the sanctuary is any place at any time. All right. So we're on, we're on every social media platform. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Periscope, YouTube. Did I get everything? That's everything, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right. And you can find us either on Yolanda Dalvit or the Sanctuary Ministries, okay, on social media. And then you can find us on our website at thesanctuaryministries.org, or you can find us, find me on YolandaDalvit.com. We are everywhere. If you put the sanctuary ministries in or Yolanda Dalton, you're gonna find us, you're gonna find me, honey. That's All right. right. <laughs> you you popping up, baby. They Google it. Telling you, you ain't even got to put it in like, like, look, you ain't even got to put the whole thing in. It's going to come in. We make sure that you are able to find us at any place and at any time. And so our, we don't call them worship services. We call them fellowships and gatherings and meetings of God's, meeting of the, of God's people Um, on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays at 5 a.m. And then we have our noonday worship on the seventh day. And that is really rich. We didn't even go into that. We're about to come back for another yeah, day. Yeah, we got, we got to come yeah. back. <laughs> but that is where we learn the word of God, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. So if you're looking for somewhere to learn God's word without all the lights, the cameras, and the action, then they're beating you over your head and being in your pockets. The sanctuary is where you want to be on noon days at seven at, at noon on the seventh day. Yes, that's exactly right. You got it right. And 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 this is for everybody. So there are men worshiping, there are women of all ages. I mean, we have our millennials, we have our generation Y, our generation Alpha. Um, there's a children's yeah. ministries. I mean, there is something for your entire family. So it's not like, well, it's a woman's thing or this girl talk. No, that ain't this is kingdom talk. So if you're in the kingdom, or if you if you ain't, so let's just say you don't you ain't in the kingdom. You don't know about this church stuff. Yes, you know how you feel about this stuff. This is where you want to be because this is nothing of what you imagine of somebody sitting down, you know, singing out of a hymn. That's not it. That what you saw today is just a, a peek into what it's like. It's education, it's learning, it's introducing you to God. If you don't know Him, this yeah. is a good place to come meet, meet Him, get to know Him. Let's get an introduction. Ain't nobody begging you to do nothing. You ain't got to stay. Ain't nobody standing on the door. The ushers ain't going to be standing on the door. Ain't going to let you out. You, you, you online. Ain't nobody locking the door so you can't go out and uh, put your hand up the tip out. Grabbing your pocketbook, keeping you from sitting down. No. <laughs> it's none of that. So, so this is the place. If you if you haven't really been church, you didn't grow up in the church, or you don't have a, a relationship, this is the place. Just come and hang out. Yeah. On your own time. Yes. And learn at your own pace. Yes, that's really the truth. 
All we ask for you to have is your pen, your pad, and your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, go online. Get one online. Go online. Yeah. Yeah. Put it up on your phone. Yes. And then, right, I make myself available for questions. I make myself very, very available. In my inbox, I'm very active on social media. My team don't like it a lot of times because I'm always answering somebody's questions. But I believe that I have to make myself available for God's people. And especially in this season when they're seeking knowledge and wisdom and understanding. So if you have any question while I'm teaching, I'm not that shepherd to be like, go Google it because I don't heard people say that. <laughs> I will be able to explain it to you and then make sure that you have understanding before I leave you. Amen. Because I have I've been taught well. Come on, Trey. You have been taught and you are <laughs> teaching, honey. You are you teaching. Yeah. And that, you know, that's I mean. When they it say control the spirit, yeah, honey, catch that, honey, catch that, catch it, girl. <laughs> I gotta see my son, my my youngest son, because sometimes he, he finds himself getting up in the middle of the night, coming in the room, you know, four o'clock in the morning or whatever. And so, well, I told you, me and Mama May listen yeah. at together. So he came down the hall one day, didn't even know, just like one afternoon. He said, "I want to know who called it." <laughs> Y'all gotta come in there. Y'all gotta come, come in the sanctuary because that's what that's pastor known for saying that. I want to know who called it. Did you catch it? When did y'all say that? We both we couldn't do nothing but laugh at him. But this, but the, a child, but listening, he's been hearing that, hearing yeah. that, and, yeah. and listening to the word too, and asking me about Esther and all that. I'm like, oh, oh. no, yes. Kids, because they just soak up everything. But when he came down that house, I want to know who. Want to know who? Listen, we get some shirts made. If y'all want to know what they listen, you want to know what if you caught him, you got to come in and catch it. Y'all okay? got to come catch it. Y'all got to come catch it. I'm telling y'all, it's, it's just we have a good time. We have the fun we had today. Is what you will see. It's nothing. It's nothing to be afraid of. No. And you know, and it, this is really time to just hang out. I mean. Yolanda, Pastor, Pastor Yolanda, Pastor Douthit is a teacher, but she's also so funny and so entertaining and so real. So if you, I mean, it's none of that. She's been holy all her life. She's already shared part of her story, you know, so it's not even like that. So you got to come and y'all got to come and just get some of that good word and get that teaching. <laughs> oh, y'all got to come catch it. Y'all got to come find out what we're catching around there and then tell other people about it, too, and just tag somebody. And if you know anybody going through right now, y'all tag them, yes. send this to them and let them know how they can find more about the sanctuary, because yes. it is just what the name says and yes. what it suggests. And we have a good time, but we are learning so much. That is the beautiful thing. About you are that. just doing a beautiful job. And so I'm going to give you your flowers right now. You are doing an excellent, amazing job teaching and pastoring and just leading. And the way you drop that word, y'all, I'm t I'm, I can't even, ex I can't even explain it. And my mother is 73 and she grew up in the church. And for my mom to come and say, now nah, I learned something today. I ain't never learned before. And she says that a lot. <laughs> I know she be in that Bible all the time. I said, Mama, you been rising up decades. She said, I ain't never heard that before. And she said, you're showing sure now. <laughs> it's right there. See, and say that part, Trace. 
Yeah. She saw it for herself because that's what you get. You you teach it, but you say, here it is right here. So you can read it for yourself. Listen, right. that song Monday, that song's Monday. Trey, let's just, okay, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to talk and then we'll go, okay. That oh, song right. Monday? <laughs> yeah. Fire. I know Mother May said it on that because I said it when yeah. I, listen. Yeah. She did. Because I did. <laughs> See, what people don't understand is that I eat it first before I give it to y'all. So the revelation that I get is like sometimes very, very, very new birth because I was raised in church. My father's a pastor, my mama's a pastor, my auntie's a pastor. So a lot of things I have heard you know, because they taught me, not because I've read it for myself, right? So I got that understanding from them. So when the father sits me down to study, he don't use what I learned from my mama, my daddy, my aunt, and my granddaddy, right? Uh-huh. He uses what he knows, right? Like he downloads it to me. So when I read that Psalm 23, I was sitting there like, I said, my grandmama cried off this thing for all these years. Hey, the first, it's one of the first scriptures that you memorize as a child in the church. Yes. And we've been and thinking about it all wrong the whole time. It wasn't even the right context. <laughs> let me tell you when, let me tell you, I got the full understanding when I got down to in my name. I said, down that in my name makes sense. Yeah. Didn't it? <laughs> the in my name. I was like, that's why you said in my name. My number three. <laughs> So outdone. Right. And that came from me literally looking up a word. Mm. Mm. And I couldn't, and I said, God, I said, I got to share this with God's people. I right. said, I have to. I said, just give me the, the words to be able to convey it to them that will break through the tradition of this passage. Right. right. That's right. Because a lot of times when you feel like you said, you've heard it your whole life, vacation, Bible school, yeah. right? Yeah. When somebody says a, really what it is, you be like, that ain't it. <laughs> right. Mama and grandmama and great grandmama couldn't right. have all been wrong, right? <laughs> exactly. I done heard it way too many times. Who is this little girl to say that this is the, that day was wrong? Right? right. So when your mama said that, that that means a lot to me. Yes. Yep. Because she's right. at the age now where she's solidified in her knowledge. Right. That's right. Exactly. But for her to see it, mm-hmm. and then like, and you know, and I give you the Hebrew word so you can go verify it in whatever Bible dictionary you look up, right? right. And so you know, I'm giving you the truth. Like you know, I don't. You know, I don't went to the Bible dictionary, right? Right. <laughs> And so you like, tr- listen, wait to wait to win, wait to tomorrow. Um, I got more out of that. That's what the reason why I broke it up was I said, I'm undoing a lot and mm-hmm. I can't do it all at one time. Right. 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 Yeah. I have to give it to them in pieces so that they can process it. Right. And say, okay. All right. Like, okay, I, I was ready for that. Now, now, what else you got? Now, <laughs> what else? Right. And so what I have tomorrow is, is more of mm. a of just revelation knowledge that will change how you view Psalms 23. And let me just say it for you. This is, this is what I got from you Monday when I was talking about the Aloft talk, right? Mm-hmm. And the power of it. And a lot of times I know I talk 
you know, kind of on the edge, right? Of female life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so people are like, oh, there she go talking about it. She don't got no faith. Faith don't mean it. But you got it immediately. You knew I was not discounting faith. You knew I was graduating out of faith mm-hmm. in that way. The way of I'm sitting in this place of faith, hoping and wishing God going to do something. That's what I moved out of. I graduated out of that place and I graduated into the place of knowing. You yes. got that immediately. Yes. Mm-hmm. You did. A lot of people didn't get that immediately. Mm-hmm. You got that immediately that I wasn't saying I don't have faith and I don't believe you once you knew I wasn't saying that. Mm-hmm. You knew that I was saying that before I was expecting God to do it, but there was still a little, you know, like, oh no, like. Right. Yes. <laughs> but now I'm not in that place anymore. Mm-hmm. Now I know for sure that he is real, that he was resurrected, and that he gave me the power mm-hmm. to live in the uh, the plan that he created in Genesis one. Right. That's right. That's why I am now. And and my husband and I have talked about that, Trey, and I really want to share this with you because I know, you know, this is the first time me and you really, so you can record this, whatever, but I, this is just, <laughs> this is the revelation that I talked to Monty about afterwards mm-hmm. is that I believe that faith grabs us. It's like a fish on the, like a, like a worm on a hook mm-hmm. grabs us, right? But once we have been reeled in, cleaned up, the father expects us to walk in a knowing. Yes. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. When we step on the scene, we don't have the faith that it's going to be done. We know it's going to be done. Right. That's right. Exactly. You get what yes. I mean? I get it. I get it. That's right. You don't have to, because faith is fleeting. Faith comes and goes. Yes, it does. You know, you just sometimes you just full of faith because you've seen it, you've seen it manifested. And then sometimes when you don't hear when God is quiet, and then you know, you be like, like your faith kind of weighs a little bit. Yeah, you're like, Lord, <laughs> Lord, I'm talking to you, Lord. Like burning man. Is you there? Is you there? Is you there, Lord? Right. I don't hear you, Lord. Right. Then, but you but God grows you into this place of you know that you know that you know. That's it, Trey. That's it. I got you. Yes, you that's it. Here. You ain't got to get no sign. You ain't got to light no bush on fire. Right, that's it. That's it. I know. You got you, yes. got you got That's all I was saying. Oh, my God. That's, all, that's why I made the point. Everybody's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, they, they're, they're going to be at that place where they have the faith the mountain's going to move. I know the mountain. Right. That's right. That's why I am. Mm-hmm. You don't know how, maybe you might not know when, but you already know. But it's not because it's, it's been spoken into you. Yes. You already walking because you're walking in your purpose and you yeah. know that you're in his will. That's why I am now. And that's that's what that's why I sent everybody that teaching aid, because mm-hmm. I wanted everybody to see it for themselves, to get the understanding for themselves. Because I know a lot of times I'm very passionate. I'm talking very fast, and you know, and, and it, it's missed on people. But I could not move forward without you all getting the knowledge of it. Because I believe in this next season that God is going to use those people who know him and know his word and know what he can do. He's going to use them in such a great way. And we're going to, you'll miss them. 
If you sitting around saying, "Well, I think I got the faith. I think he. I think he. I. I faith. Yeah, yeah. I got it. No, I ain't got it. That's mm-hmm. not. No, we're like those people that are not driven, tossed and driven by the sea. We're in that boat, and that boat is acting a clone fool. But we like Jesus in the bottom, sleep. Right, that's right. Because you know. No. Yeah. That's it, Trina. And you know him. And 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 you have you have opened your heart and invited him to, to, to steer him. this boat. Yes. There's an assurance there now. Mm-hmm. And getting that understanding in that in, in that Genesis one for me in um in, in our Bible education on Saturday. And, you know, I, I, I introduced it on Friday. Remember, I introduced, well, last week that Alof talk was really, you know, the center, right? Right. Um, that talk was that completeness, that walking over that bridge. Mm-hmm. I want everybody to walk over that bridge because I believe that as believers, we spend a lot of time in this faith teaching that we never move out into the knowing who God is. Because, like, remember the example I gave Monday that you know when you pick up mother, the phone from Mother May, Mother May gonna be there. Mm-hmm. Remember yes, I gave yes. that example? Yes, yes. You already know. You already know. Like, Mother May goes, whatever Mother May gonna, can do, she gonna do. That's right. right. That's right. We gotta deal with God like that in every aspect of our lives. That yes. I know He gonna, I know, like, I'm not, I'm not phased by this child. That's right. That's right. Exactly. You get it? And you are, that's a beautiful place to be. And it took me a long time to get to this place. But when I think about my dad and my aunt, that's who they were. I didn't see that then. I just thought that they were these super Christian. You know what I'm saying? These super believers, right? But now I get that's who they were. That, that who, that's who they were. That's why my aunt could do the great feats she did was because she knew God was going to do it. And he took me back to a conversation I had with her when she was, you know, because my aunt did great things. She was, she was, she had a, a ninth grade education, but she changed the city, right? On a ninth grade education. And I remember her saying, I don't make, I don't let anybody tell me to do anything. I do what God says. No, when he said it's going to be done, I will never forget that, right? Right. So I was like, God, that is I'm like, oh, that dope, right? But I ain't there yet. <laughs> ain't there. I'm there now. Yes. Yep. Took me a little while to get there. Mm-hmm. But I'm there now. And I get what she was saying. She wasn't moving on faith no more. She wasn't hoping and believing because faith is the substance of things hoped for. See, that's what people don't hope for. You hoping for it. I'm not hoping for anything. Uh-uh. No, God has a plan for me and he has orchestrated it in a way that it shall come to pass. Mm-hmm. Yes. Trey, you got that. Moment. I did. I did. I saw, I saw it. I saw it in the thing. God has given me a way. To, but I saw it. You remember I said, I said, Trey, you got it. Okay. Remember I said, I said, you got it. You did. You did. I was like, how she know? I'm on Instagram. <laughs> it's but something. I felt that when you yeah. said it. Something in my spirit, yeah. I, felt, I was like, "That's yeah. that's, that's the difference." You I know? wasn't just dis- yeah, I wasn't discounting faith because some people need that. Like some people need that place, right? Yeah, I don't. 
thank you, Lord, for that place in my life. Mm-hmm. But now I've graduated. Right. So mm-hmm. this is this is what I was like, Father. So what's the next level? He said, resting with me. That's the next uh, level. Uh, is that not? Like, that's that's so that's why when death approached my daddy, mm-hmm. he was okay with it. Because he said to me, people think that when they wish death upon you, that's a bad thing. But it's not for me because I know where I'm going. Ooh. Um. Trey, I said, so that's a now I get it. <laughs> like now I get it. Yes. That's when death. Does it have a sting now? No, not That's at when all. the enemy can't use that on you, no. No, no, right? that, that, that fear has been taken away. Fear is gone now. Yeah. So whatever your plan, oh, Trey, we have churches. So whatever no. your plan is, God, I'm good with it. Because I trust you. Yes. Because because you have, because, because your he- heavenly father is walking with you like your earthly father. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what the prophet said. The prophet said, you and your daddy, are, your dad and God are one. Mm. He said to me. And so I didn't really understand that. Like I was like, daddy and God are one. Okay. But now I understand it, that my daddy released himself to him and said, whenever you're ready to take me, I'm going to be ready to go. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you think about it, that's what we battle with in our flesh is that we are afraid of death. That's why we spend so much time. Think about it. We yep. spend so much time in this faith place, right? Because mm-hmm. we're like, oh God, I don't want to die. Lord, don't let them die. Right. You, talk, you know, but when you know that the plan ends up with him, mm-hmm. put with it. Right. I might miss some of y'all. I might. You know, it's going to not be around y'all all the time, but I know exactly where I'm going. Where I'm going to rest. Right. 